Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the FCS Fever Podcast, where we turn up the heat on FCS football, available wherever you get your podcasts. The FCS Fever Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports and part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Glad you're with us. I'm Chris Sylvester, and this is our Week 8 Recap Show. A couple of months in the books, November on the horizon. Where do we start? Is it Sacramento State's controversial Overtime win over Montana, a game that the nation got to see on ESPN2. Okay, maybe it was just the West Coast with an 11 Eastern kick time, but that was a bizarre finish as Sac State stays perfect. They take down a shorthanded Montana team. We'll recap that one. How about Chattanooga blowing the door off Mercer? I didn't see that coming. That was a three-touchdown game uh, for much of it in the SoCon. Chattanooga positioning themselves nicely. Not only to win the conference, potentially, but maybe even a top eight seed moving forward. Obviously, a lot of football to be played between now and when we get to the seeding for the postseason. How about a colonial surprise? New Hampshire took apart Elon as Matt McKay and the Phoenix have now dropped back-to-back games, kind of taking up the uh, colonial picture a little bit. But one thing is for sure, it was another wild weekend in the FCS messing up whatever playoff projections you might have had last week. Before we fire it up on FCS Fever, we'd like to remind you the FCS Fever podcast is presented by Betfred Sports. When you play in the Betfred Sportsbook, no one gives out more free bonuses than Betfred. The more you bet, the bigger the bonus. The good news, they'll be putting out lines for FCS games all season long. They are committed to being the best book anywhere for fans of FCS football. Betfred, one of Europe's biggest sports books, started in 1967 by Fred Dunn. Now in the U.S., and they've hit the market in a big way. Official betting partner of the Denver Broncos, Colorado Rockies, and now the Cincinnati Bengals. Get with it before they take off. They're currently licensed in Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Louisiana, Washington, and soon Ohio. Sign up today. Place a $50 bet this weekend at Betfred. We'll give you a bonus, $250 for betting. Nobody does more for their betters than our friends at Betfred Sports. There, there wasn't a better brand of football anywhere along the collegiate ranks than what we saw in the FCS this weekend. There's no question about that. On Saturday, just afternoon, 
in the CAA. A couple of uh, shakeups. How about a game that went seven overtimes between Rhode Island and Monmouth? We, we had a feeling a lot of points would be scored in this game. But I don't know if we were looking at a 48-46 final. Rhode Island, they have really positioned themselves nicely down the stretch. And they needed to have it. When you look at the upcoming schedule for the Rhode Island Rams, now sitting at 5-2 and two overall, 3-1 and one in the CAA, they needed this one because the slate ahead is not easy. They go to William & Mary next. They host Maine to start November. Then they go to New Hampshire. And then they host Albany. On the other side from Monmouth, now sitting at 2-3 and three in the conference, 4-4 four and four overall. They can't afford another loss. Monmouth will finish with a home game against Towson. They go to Delaware. Then they've got a bye week. Then they host Stony Brook. If they can somehow pick off Delaware, perhaps the resume is good enough because they have a win over Villanova. A win at Delaware would be another big resume booster. But, man, that, that's got to be a tough one coming off now. Back-to-back -back losses in the CAA. They lost at Maine the week before. And now they lose in seven overtimes to Rhode Island but look who's sitting atop the Colonial it's not Delaware it's not William and Mary it's not Richmond it's not Rhode Island it's not Elon it's not Villanova it's upstart New Hampshire 5-0 and in the conference they are 6-2 and overall only one FCS loss and it, look it wasn't a good loss they were blown out back in September against North Carolina Central but since a loss at Western Michigan, the lone FBS game on their schedule, they have kind of settled in nicely here with a win at home against Stony Brook. They shut out Dartmouth in Ivy League country on the road. And then how about this weekend? I, I don't think many saw this coming. I hesitated putting this in our top five hottest matchups to watch because I just thought Elon would find a way to get it done. I didn't think it would be easy for the Phoenix going to New Hampshire this weekend. And, and it was anything but easy. Elon never led in the game. New Hampshire's defense was stout. They scored the first 14 points. They held Matthew McKay to 8 of 15, 185 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. They made that guy look human, which isn't easy to do. And on the other side, they were carving up Elon's defense up and down the gridiron all day. Max Brosmer, the quarterback, 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. New Hampshire runs for 240 yards. Dylan Laub led the way, 22 carries, 147 on the ground with a long of 77. It was explosive play after explosive play. It was the defense continuing to limit Matt McKay and Elon, something we just really didn't see coming. And now the pathway is there, although it's not going to be easy, but the pathway is there for New Hampshire to win the Colonial. And, and look, the... Where are the resume wins here? They beat Monmouth in week one. Who knows how good that's going to look? We just went over what Monmouth could or could not be come the end of the season. They have a road win at Towson. Towson hasn't fared very well against CAA competition. They're 0-4, 2-5, so I don't know if that's a good win. I think the Elon win is the first really good resume win for New Hampshire. All of a sudden, Elon is in an interesting spot where it looked like they could be a top-10 team a couple of weeks ago after the double overtime win against Richmond. Now Elon sitting at a pedestrian 3-2 and two in the CAA, 5-3 and three overall. I think Elon's too good to miss out on the postseason, but I think New Hampshire now, there's a road for the Wildcats to win the Colonial. Not going to be easy. they got to go to Richmond. They host Rhode Island. And then they go to Maine to wrap the regular season. They could lose all three of those games and not be in the FCS playoffs. There's, there's a real possibility of that. 
but they have, have been a big surprise out of the Colonial. I don't think many saw this coming with New Hampshire, and they take apart Elon 40-22 over the weekend in, in what I thought was one of the more shocking results that we got in week eight of the FCS. I wouldn't call this one a shocker, but I, I found it surprising, and we teased it at the, at the jump. We'll jump into it. it. It's a SoCon matchup. Mercer, Chattanooga, depending on what poll you looked at, this could have been a top 10 matchup for you. Look, I just thought Fred Payton was having so good of a year and Mercer was having such a storybook year. They'd never been to the FCS playoffs in program history. I thought that they were going to find a way to come into Chattanooga and, and beat the Mocs, and boy, was I wrong. It was 17-0 Chattanooga at the end of one quarter. It was 24-0 at one point early in the second quarter. Alum Ford is, is, is just too much. It's just clearly too much for most FCS defenses. He runs for a buck 23 and a touchdown. Uh, look, I, the Chattanooga, I, I picked them to, to, to have a much more competitive showing in their lone FBS game, which is actually their lone loss of the season at Illinois. Turns out Illinois is a really good FBS team and could be playing in the Rose Bowl this year. But Preston Hutchinson was way better than Fred Payton in this game and way better than I expected him to be against a Mercer defense that looked like they could really get after opposing quarterbacks. Hutchinson goes 20-32, 291 yards, three touchdowns. Look, this is not a Chattanooga offense that is set up to beat you with the deep ball and necessarily beat you with explosive plays, a lot of dinking and dunking. But, boy, they dink and dunk really well, and they did especially in a 41-21 win over Mercer this weekend. Chattanooga is 6-1, 4-0 in the conference. Fred Payton, who had only thrown one pick, through Mercer's first seven games of the season, Chattanooga's defense, they pick him off three times. And, and turnovers were what really did Mercer in in this football game, especially early when they dug themselves that 24 nothing hole. Chattanooga now, alone with Samford atop the SoCon, 4-0, 6-1 in the conference. If you're wondering when those two will lock horns, second weekend of November, it is in Chattanooga. Samford, Chattanooga could very well decide the SoCon title. Look, I still really like Mercer. They're 6-2. and two. They're 4-1 and one in the conference. I, I think Mercer's got a terrific chance to, to get back into the conference hunt. Obviously, they're going to need losses from Chattanooga and Samford for that to happen. Mercer closes the year at Samford. But from here, they go to VMI. They host Furman after a bye week. And then they go to Samford. So it's not an easy stretch to close the year for Mercer, they're going to really have to earn that first FCS playoff berth in program history, but I think they've got it with a win against Western Carolina. They beat ETSU. They won on the road at Gardner-Webb. I, I like Mercer, but they could certainly use wins over Furman and Samford to ensure that they don't get snubbed out of the FCS playoffs. Chattanooga, tip your caps to them. I mean, I, one of the best performances you found in FCS football during the Week 8 slate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I've got to give my cap to uh, Hammond, America. Hammond, Louisiana. Southeastern Louisiana. After a bad loss, or at least it looked bad at the time, against a Texas A&M Commerce team just getting adjusted to FCS football moving up from Division II, they went to Jacksonville State, and they hand Rich Rod and company their first FCS loss of the season. Of course, Jacksonville State transitioning to the FBS, so they are not eligible for the FCS playoffs this year. But that's a really good win for Southeastern Louisiana. It's a really good win for the Southland Conference, 31-14. They were trailing by a point going into the fourth, and Coach Selfo and company find a way to get it done. They outscore Jacksonville State on the road in Alabama, 18-0 in the fourth quarter. Southeastern now sitting at 4-3. and three. They're going to have to run the table, but that's a good resume win. They beat UIW earlier in the season. I think Southeastern's got enough juice on the resume to get into the postseason if they're in shape and position to do so. How about the Big Sky? How about the Big Sky Conference, and how about a team that continues to impress us Week by week, Jason X, Idaho Bunch, now 5-0 and against the FCS and 4-0 and in the Big Sky. Who would have thought as we head into the final weekend of October that you've got a three-way tie atop the sky with Montana State, Sacramento State, and Idaho sitting up there right now? Uh, obviously, Jason Eck, a very accomplished offensive coordinator coming from South Dakota State, but what he's been able to do with this young Idaho team so early in his tenure. They blew the door off Portland State inside the Kibbe Dome this weekend. McCoy, their excellent freshman quarterback, throws four more touchdown passes. It is a route out of the big sky. That was a 21-21 game at the half. Jason Eck with another terrific halftime script for his team. They ripped to shreds Portland State in the second half as Barney Ball continues to struggle in the Pacific Northwest. Idaho continues to roll. Idaho is in a good spot not only to go to the postseason, but to maybe be the surprise team of the year in the FCS and, and make things tough for others to win the conference title outright. You look at the rest of the schedule for Idaho. Well, how about this weekend? The doozy in Sacramento against Sac State. That'll be for first place in the Big Sky Conference. And then they'll host Eastern, host Davis. Those won't be easy games. Then they go to Idaho State. They'll be favored, I would think, in three of the next four. If their lone blemish is a loss at Sacramento State, they're going to have favorable postseason positioning with just one FCS loss on the resume, especially if Sac State runs the table and Idaho's able to compete in that game this week. And I know Idaho wants to win it. I think there's a world where Idaho can win it. But even if they don't, I, I really like the position that the Idaho Vandals have put themselves in moving forward. This is kind of what we all thought Idaho would be when they dropped down from the FBS back in 2017. This hasn't happened. All you needed was a little bit of Jason Eck to make the magic flow. Elsewhere atop the Big Sky Conference, a wild one in Bozeman. I was kind of surprised when the opening line came out for this game. It was a Weber State favored by three on the road. Maybe some of that had to do with Sean Chambers, the QB1B, if you will, for Montana State missing the game with injury, and this was just an absolutely wild football game from the jump. Weber gets out to a 17-9 lead at the end of the first quarter, and here, here's how the scoring went. 
It was 3-0 Weaver to open, and Montana State gets a safety on a bad snap. Tommy Malott runs for a touchdown. They're up 9-3. But then Weaver gets a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to go up 10-9, and then they get a 91-yard punt return for a touchdown to go up 17-9. So special teams was, was really the theme of this game, and it was Weaver's best friend and worst enemy at the same time. Weaver had built as large as a 15-point lead early in the second quarter, but then the, the special teams woes again. Another safety on top of another safety. Go to the third. Four safeties on Weber State in this game. Four times two, that's eight. They lose the game by five points. It is so uncharacteristic for a Jay Hill coach team to make mistakes, yet alone four safeties in the game. And what's crazy about it is at the very end, Weber had a chance. They were driving. They were in Montana State territory. Couldn't get it done. 43-38, Montana State stays perfect in the big sky. A really good win for the Bobcats without Sean Chambers. I think with Sean Chambers, they win this game by a little bit more. But same can be said for Weber State. Without the special team's woes, they probably feel like they could have won this football game. They were in great position early. It is so tough to beat the Bobcats in Bozeman. As we know, Brett Vegan is now 13-0 and as the head coach in home games. And now you look at the road ahead for Montana State. They don't have Sac State on the schedule. It's going to soften up after a bye week here to wrap October. They go to Northern Arizona. They go to Cal Poly. They'll be favored heavily in those two games. And then the Brawl of the Wild game is in Bozeman to wrap the regular season. Montana State could be looking square in the face at an 8-0 perfect Big Sky season, which would give them just the one loss, the blemish against Oregon State back in mid-September. Montana State's in good position right now uh, to get a high, high seed in the FCS playoffs, maybe even get the number one overall seed if South Dakota State and others like Sacramento State trip up along the way before we reach the end of the regular season. Speaking of Sacramento State, not sure if you stayed up for this one. It kicked off at 11 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. I, I, I've said it time and time again. There needs to be more FCS football on linear television because it's such a good product. There's such good football. Obviously, Troy Taylor has brought just a different type of excitement to the city of Sacramento, really rallying around this Sac State football team. Let's break this one down. I mean, Montana got off to a really impressive start. Remember, prior to this game, Sacramento State, the only FBS, FCS, Division I college football team that hadn't trailed all season long through six games. Not only had they dominated, but at no point were they behind on the scoreboard. Montana changed that quickly after Sac State couldn't score on their first possession. It was just a, a t you know the Grizzlies, Bobby Houck, after the loss against Idaho, they were going to have a good game plan. I thought the game plan w was just terrific. They go 15 plays, 88 yards, take six minutes off the clock, a statement opening drive. Get the ball back, but that's when Sac State gets hit with a targeting penalty, and that's when Montana's starting quarterback Lucas Johnson goes down so they turn to Chris Brown and I, I thought he did a terrific job as a replacement but you could just tell that the Montana offense w was not moving the same without Johnson and I, I really feel like if Johnson plays this game start to finish that Montana probably wins Montana had control for, for much of the game they, they went up as many as 10 points inside of nine minutes left to play Sac State got a field goal with under six minutes left and then they, they roll the dice. They roll the dice. They didn't need to do it. They had timeouts. They had a defense that was ready to, to play a little bit. They go for the onside kick. They get it. A very controversial throw on fourth down 
from Dunaway to Xavier Gibson, and it has Montana fans still going crazy on social media right now. I mean, they are, they are ripping the big sky. They are ripping the conference officials to shreds. There, there are a few different angles there, and unfortunately, even with the linear broadcast, there wasn't a perfect angle along that right sideline to see if Gibson had possession of the football with the foot down. The call on the field was a catch. There are some different camera angles that have kind of gone around social media the last couple of days that show that maybe Gibson, as he possessed the football, his foot was no longer inbounds and his other foot was out of bounds. And that obviously would have changed the entirety of the game. Sac State could have gotten the ball back, but it made things easier for them as they tied it up on an Asher O'Hara four-yard run. Well, I will say this about Sacramento State in this game as they trailed. It was a heavy dose of Jake Dunaway, who wound up throwing three picks. He's now thrown seven picks this year to go along with 13 touchdowns. Look, he's been great, but there's just something about Asher O'Hara's poise that I like better. And, and I know that he's more of a running quarterback, but he's darn capable of throwing around the football and throwing it effectively, too. This guy was an all-conference USA quarterback in the FBS at Middle Tennessee State running and throwing the football. I would have liked to see Troy Taylor use him a little more. He had the two big touchdown runs, the one at the end of regulation to tie the game, and then what wound up being the game-winning touchdown. Sac State had first possession in overtime, and then they held Montana without a score as the Grizz offense took the field. And Sac State, still perfect. But I think we've started to see some flaws here, not so much defensively. I know Montana was shorthanded. They still scored 24 points in the game. I really like Sac State's defense, especially on the back end. Marte Mapu is one of the best linebackers, nickelbacks, whatever you want to call them, in college football. Sac State, still perfect in the win column, in the overall record column, 7-0, 4-0 in the big sky. But I, I think there are some holes there uh, that, that weren't really discovered against other competition. I would be interested to see a rematch if Montana and Sac State could maybe hook up again in the postseason. But you have to credit the resiliency of Sac State, of Troy Taylor's bunch. They found a way to do it. Good teams find ways to win. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And look, Sac State, if I was a polar, I would have had them number one. I don't know if I have them number one. 
after the game against Montana. Maybe that's an overreaction, but we'll see how they fare these next couple of weeks because they'll get really tested at home against Idaho this weekend. That's tough game after tough game. And it's not just the fact that it's another tough opponent on the schedule, but you look at what Sac State's put together so far. They opened at home against Utah Tech, obviously heavy favorites in that game. They went to Northern Iowa. That's a good win, regardless of how good or bad Northern Iowa is this year. 31-point win at an FBS is just terrific. I don't care how bad Colorado State is. They've got the scholarship advantage. They've got the talent advantage. You know that about the FBS. And Sac State went in there and picked them apart and then wins at Cal Poly, Northern Colorado, an Eastern program that's way down. Montana, to me, was the first really, really good resume win for Sac State. They've got two more opportunities to stack really, really good resume wins, but they've got to do it back-to-back. -back. And that's what's tough about the big skies. It kind of wears on you as the season goes along, as you dip into November. As well as you've been playing, you start to become a little more human. It's Idaho this weekend, and then it's at Weber State to start November. This is the real test for Sac State if they are to compete for a national title this year. We thought they had a chance to do so in 19. We thought they had a chance to do so last season. And both times they slipped up at home in the playoffs to Austin P. and most recently South Dakota State. I'm interested to see can Troy Taylor's bunch after an emotional overtime win, can they regroup, get it together, find a way to beat Idaho, look like the better football team, which they didn't do much of Saturday against Montana, That'll be an interesting test for me, Sac State hosting Idaho this weekend, and then going to Weber State, because I think Weber State, a couple of miscues away. We just talked about it. Weber State, just a couple of miscues on special teams away from still being undefeated and really being in contention to be a top seed in the FCS postseason. So I thought that was one of the wackier games of the weekend. Hope you stayed up for it or hope you caught the highlights. Hope you DVR'd it, turned off your notifications because that was just a terrific football game to wrap a terrific weekend around the big sky and around the football championship subdivision. Some surprises out of the Missouri Valley. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, this conference just continues to get wackier and wackier. Southern Illinois, look, I thought they were – they were going to run the table until they saw North Dakota State in November. How about South Dakota in the Dakota Dome? They outscore Southern Illinois 10-0 in the fourth. And South Dakota out of playoff contention. They had Southern Illinois their third loss of the season. Southern Illinois, they kind of put themselves in a hole with that 0-2 start. They've rallied. They've picked up terrific resume wins since Northwestern, North Dakota, at Illinois State, at Missouri State. All good wins on an FCS resume. Now things are going to start to get a little uneasy for Southern Illinois, right? Because you don't want to lose more than four games and put yourself in that position to get snubbed from the postseason. They're still in sole possession of second place in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but they've got Northern Iowa coming to town this weekend. Then they host North Dakota State after a bye week. Not a bad time to have a bye before the Bison come to town. And they close at Youngstown State, who's kind of been a wild card out of the Missouri Valley. That's not a good loss for Southern Illinois. It, look, it's not easy to win games in the Missouri Valley. doesn't matter who you're playing. doesn't matter what type of year they're having. It's just not a good loss on the resume for Southern Illinois, one of the bigger shockers around the Missouri Valley this weekend. Another shocker around the Missouri Valley that I don't think any of us saw coming, especially after the first couple weeks of the season, is Missouri State is done. They're out of contention. They're 2-5. and five. They are winless 0-4 in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. They get blown out. That Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa, they keep their very slim, very slim postseason hopes alive. 
41-20 Northern Iowa over Missouri State. So Missouri State is done. That has to be one of the bigger shockers in the FCS. We mentioned Northern Iowa. They go to Southern Illinois, then they host South Dakota State, then they go to South Dakota, their final three regular season games. I don't see much being made of the final three for Northern Iowa, but perhaps things starting to click at the right time for this Northern Iowa bunch. If they're going to shock the world, they're going to have to win these next three games. And let me tell you, that would be an absolute shocker in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Top-ranked South Dakota State. It uh, was anything but easy at the jump. And we, we thought North Dakota would hang around in this game, and indeed they did. But South Dakota State, I got to hand it to them. I, I think they are undoubtedly the top team in the FCS. North Dakota opened up a 14-0 lead in this game. And much has been the case all season long. South Dakota State, they win games. They get back into games with their defense. Deshaun Gales had a pick six to make it 14-7. North Dakota would keep on humming. 21-7, they led late in the second quarter. Tucker Kraft, how nice to have him back for South Dakota State after he was injured week one against Iowa. He's back in the mix. Had a big touchdown reception that kind of ignited South Dakota State. They trailed by seven at the break. But a big third quarter put together by the Jackrabbits saw them outscore North Dakota 21-0. They take a two-touchdown lead to the fourth, and then they opened up as large as a three-touchdown lead after a Gronowski touchdown run. South Dakota State, after the comeback win in Fargo over North Dakota State, looked like it could have been a trap game through one half, but, boy, South Dakota State, they can really piece together really good halves of football. We've seen it all season long from this team. And now they've kind of got an easy slate the rest of the way. Now, nothing's easy in the Valley, but this is as easy as it gets. They got Indiana State at home. They go to Northern Iowa. Who knows if Northern Iowa will still be at four losses and in somewhat of contention by the first weekend of November. And then South Dakota State, I mean, how about this? And I don't know if you want this if you're the Jackrabbits with all the momentum that they might have, but they close the regular season a week before everybody else. Their last game is November 12th. And that's the penultimate weekend of the regular season. And you're looking at South Dakota State. They're probably going to run the table from here and finish at 10-1 and overall, 8-0, Missouri Valley Football Conference champions. Everybody else has a loss, so they control their own destiny now. But for South Dakota State, do you want this? <laughs> do you, do you want to be off three weeks in between your last regular season game and your first postseason game? Albeit as a potential top seed, you're probably not going to get tested all that much off the bat. But it's kind of interesting the way the schedule shakes out for South Dakota State. Look, I'll admit, before the weekend, I wasn't sure if South Dakota State was a legitimate number one in the FCS. I think they absolutely are now. That's a really good win. Back-to-back -back really good road wins in the Missouri Valley is something that isn't easy to come by. Have to give a shout-out to Jackson State. We had a feeling it would be low scoring, but another big resume win. As high as five in the coaches' poll we saw on Monday morning. They take care of Campbell, probably the toughest FCS game on their schedule. Coach Sanders, Coach Prime, Shadur, 233 yards, a touchdown, 22-14. Jackson State is 7-0. and Probably headed to the Celebration Bowl, but if they got a bid into the FCS playoffs, certainly a team that I think would be making some noise at this level. All right, that's all we have for you this time on FCS Fever. Again, we're presented by Betfred Sports and on the Aaron Torres media feed. We'll see you on Thursday as we preview another weekend full of fun in the FCS.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.